Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. We're picking up the red letter challenge in our uh, worship services on these Sundays in March. I have to tell you, when we started talking about that, uh, the first thing I noticed was the word challenge. I don't really love that word. In fact, I don't look too kindly at all on, on somebody who thinks that, that I need another challenge in my life. I don't. I have enough challenges of my own without somebody trying to add to my list. Although there's one exception to that. And that's where the red letter part of the red letter challenge comes in. You, you may be aware that in many versions of the Bible, not all, but in many versions of the Bible, the words of Jesus are printed in red letters to make them easily identifiable. And so the red letter challenge is all about the words of Jesus, and I'm willing to listen to his words any time on, on any subject, whether those are words of challenge or, or comfort or even criticism. The book, The Red Letter Challenge, um, has five main themes to it, and those will be the five themes for the, for the five Sundays in March. The first theme is being, that's what we're talking about today, and the other ones are forgiving and serving and giving and going. Now, there's a difference. The idea is that the last four flow out of the first one. Who we are in Christ determines what we do in his name, such things as forgiving and serving and giving and going. And so while we're going to be looking especially at the words of, of Jesus during uh, this Lenten season, I'm going to start today with uh, words from St. Paul. It kind of sums up what we're talking about today, and that's from 2 Corinthians, where St. Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. And thinking about the theme for today, we really can substitute the word being for creation. If anyone is in Christ, she or he is a new being. That's what we're going to be talking about. What does it mean to be in Christ and to, to be a new being. That's where we're going to use the words of Jesus to help to, to fill that out. And those are uh, two words from him are in your, your sermon outline. The first is where he talks about us as being good trees. And the second is where he calls us the light of the world. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit fruit. In other words, forgiving and serving and giving and going, those are the good fruits born by a good tree. Although that makes us think of another tree, the tree that was described in the Old Testament lesson, that tree in the, in the, in the uh, Garden of Eden that proved irresistible to Adam and Eve, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we're also going to be talking today about temptation, the temptation uh, to which Adam and Eve succumbed, but also the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness by Satan. I want to highlight two points um, from those. The, the first one is that there's, 
No matter what kind of temptation comes our way or the temptation that Adam and Eve face, the temptations that Satan faced, no matter what the temptation is, there's always one central issue. And that can be summed up with a question. The question is in your sermon outline, and I'll apologize right now to, to English teachers and to my dad because it's not good grammar. But I think it's a little bit memorable in the way that we talk as well. And that question is simply, who are you going to trust? That's the choice that we have each time that we're faced with a temptation. You may recall that the word Satan, his name, means deceiver which means that he's trying to deceive us into doubting God and trusting him. Of course, he was successful in that attempt with Adam and Eve. Not only did he deceive them with uh, twisting God's words, casting doubt on his word, he also deceived them by doing, which he still does with us, and he tried to do with Jesus. And, and, and he also deceived them, and this works on us sometimes as well, by making a promise to them that he never intended to keep. He wasn't able to keep, and, and that is that they would be like God. Well, that brings us to the, to the second point I want to make about temptation, and that is because humans wanted to become God, God became a human. And he did that, of course, in the, uh, in the person of, of Jesus who, who lived, Jesus lived the perfect life that Adam and Eve had abandoned and that we never even came close to living. And Jesus died a sacrificial death to pay the cost of our transgressions, our trespasses, which takes us to another tree, the tree of the cross. That tree must have already been on, on the mind of our Lord already at the beginning of his ministry when he was driven out into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan. Because Jesus also knew about another tree in the, in the Garden of Eden. The tree of life. We read a little bit later in Genesis 3 that God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden after their sin. And we tend to think of that as a punishment for their, for their sin. And maybe there was some of that. But I think it was also God's protection. He said he did not want them to eat from the tree of life. Now I'm adding this part, but I'm sure this was part of it. But he didn't want them to eat from the tree of life while they were still lost in their sin. So Jesus knew. That what for him would be an instrument of death would become for us the real tree of life. The tree of the cross. And when we have faith in that cross of Christ in his death and resurrection, then we are in Christ. And as St. Paul assures us, if anyone is in Christ, she or he is a new creation, a new being. I want to think a little bit about uh, what that means. We learn from uh, Adam and Eve's temptation and also from the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness that the central question really is trust. Adam and Eve failed to trust God. Jesus was successful in trusting God for a lot of reasons. One of those reasons was because he knew exactly who he was or who he is. And that is the Son of God. He also wants us to know exactly who we are in him. And that, of course, is children of God. 
But also Jesus uses a different ways to describe us. One of those is, is when he says that we are a good tree. Girls and boys, I bet somewhere along the line, somebody, I know this was the case when I was growing up, somewhere along the line, I bet somebody asked you what you want to be when you grow up. Has that ever happened? I've asked kids that. I know I was asked that when, when I was a kid. You know what my answer was when people said, what do you, be when you, when you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always said, I want to be a good tree. No, I never said that. <laughs> I, I doubt if any of us ever said that. And yet Jesus says that about us. He says that's exactly what we are. A good tree, not by nature. No, no, no. A good tree by faith. And a good tree that brings forth, by faith, good fruit. But since we are good trees in Christ, that's the new creation, that's the new being. Since we are good trees, not by nature, but by faith, that faith needs to be nurtured and nourished. And that happens in many ways, but, but part of it is simply by being with Jesus. And that brings us back to our, our red letter challenge because the uh, chapter for this week that, that we'll be reading talks about different ways for us simply to be with Jesus. Some of those are such things as abiding in his word. And the, uh, the workbook really is a devotion book. It has a, a scripture reading and a devotion for each day. But also to be with Jesus in worship as we're doing now. To be with Jesus in, in prayer every day. And then that last one that's uh, listed there, it's also in the book, talks about fasting. And I know that, that fasting is oftentimes associated with the season of Lent. And so that works out pretty well for us uh, to talk about it. And, and pretty often when we think of fasting, we, we think of giving up some food item or maybe a meal a day or something like that. That's certainly a good thing to do if you want to. That would give more time, wouldn't it, for being with Jesus. There's other ways to fast as well. Some of those are described in the book. A couple of those are up on the screen. Um, what I want to do is just make a suggestion to you. I would say a challenge, but I kind of shot myself out of the water with that at the beginning of the sermon. So let's just make this a suggestion for you. Just one way maybe even to get started on this because it's pretty simple. It's very simple. Doesn't require much time at all. You have a smartphone, don't you? And I'm pretty sure that, uh, that you pull that out several times a day. Maybe once in a while to make a phone call on that telephone, but more often to do what? To, to check Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or, or whatever the latest social media platform is, or, or maybe just to check your messages. So, so here's the suggestion. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. I'm not going to tell you to do that any less. What I am going to suggest is every time you do, every time this week, when you pull out your cell phone, pause for just, a, I bet you can do this, pause for just a couple seconds to think about who you are in Christ. And, and remember the words of our text for today. If, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. And then, you know, that'll only take a few seconds. If you have a few seconds more, I've got another suggestion. If not, we'll just go on with your day. But if you have a, a few seconds more, maybe remember and reflect back on those red letter words from our message today. The words of Jesus that, that describe his people as being a good tree, made good by his blood and, and through faith in him. But then also, as he says, 
to us that, that you are the light of the world. Now he starts, and that's what's in your outline and also on the screen. He starts by reminding us that he is the light of the world. That's in John's gospel. And so we recognize that, that we live in the light. And what exactly does that mean? Well, it could mean a lot of things. Lights do a lot of things, don't they? In our home, I'm sure in your home as well, in our bathroom, we have a, a vanity with uh, uh, double sinks actually and a big mirror. And over the mirror, five very bright lights. I don't always like those lights, especially when I, when I get up in the morning, partly because, you know, your eyes aren't used to it, but, but more than that, because of what those lights reveal to me in that mirror. Actually, I, I thought about taking a picture of that and showing it to you, and I decided nobody needs to see that. But I see it every morning when I turn on those lights. I, I see the wrinkles and the, the gray stubble on the, on the chin and, and the cheeks. I see it looks like it's going to be another bad hair day. And I recognize something needs to be done about this. Now, fortunately, there is something I can do about most of that. I can't do anything about the wrinkles, but I can shave the stubble and I can take a shower and that usually fixes the bad hair. But Jesus shines the light of his law into our lives and reveals to us not wrinkles or stubble or bad hair, but, but reveals to us the depths of our sin, which causes us to realize something needs to be done about this. Although, of course, we also recognize that we are powerless to do anything about this. But he isn't. He's not only able, he's willing, and he has forgiven us for our sins and, and taken away the stain of that sin from us. That's what it means to live in the light, Jesus, the, the light of the world. But he says something else. In John's gospel, he describes himself as the light of the world. In, in Matthew's gospel, he says to his followers, that's us, you are the light of the world. And so we not only live in the light, Jesus tells us that we live as the light. What does that mean? The students in our St. Lawrence School are going to recognize what's, what's on the screens now. This is the logo for our year. Well, everybody will recognize what's in the middle, right? That logo there, that's, uh, uh, that's for our church as well as school for our 175th anniversary. And, and that was taken and incorporated into the, the school theme for the year. And these words from Jesus are the, the verse for the year. You are the light of the world. Jesus doesn't say you should be. He says you are the light of the world. And then he, then he says, so let your light shine. We don't have to cause it to shine. Jesus has already shined his light into our lives. He is the light of the world. But he asks us to not only let that light shine in us, but also to shine through us. Because that's really the only way that those who are still living in darkness, who, who don't live in the light of Christ, might become attracted to that light and discover the light that is Jesus. So important for us to know that and, and to live that. And in fact, maybe we, we can say it this way. Deeds of dark. see if this doesn't ring true. Deeds of darkness done by believers... Deeds of darkness done by believers 
give unbelievers one more reason. They don't need any more, but we give it to them. Deeds of darkness done by believers give unbelievers one more reason to doubt what we say. Why would we want to do that? Instead, let's remember that works of light done by believers give unbelievers a reason to listen to what we say. To what we say about Jesus. About being a new creation in him. As they see that we have been made good trees who produce good fruit. And that the light of Christ's love shines in and through us. I'd like to... Uh, to offer one more suggestion, again, not a challenge. It can't be a challenge today, but maybe sometime it can be. But, but uh, being almost always ends up in doing something. And, and so maybe as, as part of, uh, of this, we can think about these action steps. Buy the book. If you haven't already, buy it. It's only 10 bucks, and it's available all kinds of places. It's got some wonderful devotional material in there. We actually uh, are beginning in week two. We've condensed it some because there's five Sundays that we're, that we're doing this uh, during the Lenten season. So we've got uh, what you would especially want to be looking at this week. And then study this with somebody else, not just yourself. I mean, it's fine if you do it by yourself, but it's, there's so much benefit from, from doing it with others. And, and maybe you're already in a group that's doing this or you're forming a group or joining a group. If you don't have any of those, I've got a suggestion, and that is the pastor's Bible study. Uh, Pastor Fenske's over at the adult bedrooms right now, um, digging into what the scriptures say about being in Christ. And he's going to repeat that class tonight at six o'clock, uh, again over in the adult bedrooms. And each of the pastors will take um, a Sunday uh, doing that uh, during the Lenten season. So maybe that'll work for you, either if you're not at the 930 church service to go to the 930 Bible class, or if you are here like you are now, to go to, at six o'clock tonight in the adult bedrooms uh, for that study. Because... We are the light of the world. We are good trees that the Lord calls upon to bear good fruit. This Lenten season, let's use the Red Letter Challenge and, and uh, anything else to renew our determination to be the light of the world, to be a good tree that brings forth good fruit. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.